security? There's a ton of content out there, and if you don't know where to start, it can be overwhelming, even paralyzing. So let's fix that. Welcome to Simply Cyber, a community of tens of thousands of aspiring and active cybersecurity professionals focused on networking, knowledge sharing, and professional development. I'm Dr. Gerald Dozier, Chief Content Creator at Simply Cyber, inviting you to get the answers to your cybersecurity problems with hundreds of cybersecurity videos answering your frequently asked questions, interviewing industry experts, and live streaming daily cyber threat briefings hosted by me. Now get the stories and insights you won't find anywhere else. Hit subscribe now and dig into all the fresh content on the channel and in the community. Nothing should stop you from launching and leveling up your cybersecurity career today. All right. Good morning, folks. Welcome to the party. Today is Wednesday, Worldwide Wednesday, December 27th, 2023. This is episode 523 of Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Briefing Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Gerald Lozier. And over the next 45 minutes, me, you, Chris Young, DP, Space Tacos, Kimberly can fix it in the mod chat, Night Orchestra, Stephen H., Mark Lauterbach, all the Yeet Crews, Marcus Kyler leading the charge. <laughs> Haircut Fish, Johnny Five, and Kimberly. Adam V is going to be rolling in here. A recently minted Lazaro Rivera, Alpha Sierra, all those keeping it real between Christmas and New Year's. Putting in the time, putting in the effort. We're all going to be shredding the top cybersecurity news stories of the day. And I'll be giving my expert opinion and analysis on each of those stories on what it means to you as a practitioner. So how can you use this information to drive cyber risk reduction for your business stakeholders? Or if you're looking to break in the industry, don't worry, we got you covered. Holla, 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 because you will be asked in any single job interview, how do you stay current in the industry? This right here, pretty phenomenal answer, I would argue. In addition to that, it's it's vital to, you know, basically your development and knowledge and awareness to uh, hear what's going on in the news day in and day out. And the networking is top notch. Already 130 people in here in the first couple minutes. Chat's bumping. A lot of great people in here. Uh, so the professional networking is super valuable. Just had someone ask me uh, this morning is, uh, can I go to a boot camp instead of a bachelor's degree? Do people hire that way? And I said, it's totally possible. There's a lot of boot camps out there. So, you know, do your research because some are hot trash and some are really good. But I said, you got to professionally network because, you you know, you're going <laughs> to... You're going to run into HR prereq gatekeepers. And uh, if you've networked, you can get right to... You can get right to the hiring manager. So super valuable. Say hi in chat if you're here. Uh, before we get into the news, let me do a shout out and thanks to the stream sponsors, starting with my good friend, Brandon Poole with Panopsi Security. Get a partner who understands your cyber program and your business goals. Panopsi.com and the team up there are very uh, effective at helping you tactically with tabletop exercises, quantified risk assessments, building out a SecOps capability or strategic value, like how do you want to set up 2024? How do you mature your information security program? So regardless of what you need, they are knowledgeable and you can get them at fractional staff costs. Basically, you don't have to hire them full-time and bring them in. You can bring them in for six weeks, get what you need. So it's a respectful return on your investment while um, getting expertise at a fraction of the cost. Panopsi.com, give them a ring, see what's up and how they can help you in 2024. Also want to say, no, oh, not yet. Uh, also want to say shout out to Anti-Siphon Training. We're here to help you. Um, we're here to help you. Like I work there. I, I feel so aligned with a Black Hills Information Security and Anti-Siphon Training that I really do um, agree with that statement. Um, Anti-Siphon Training is disrupting the cybersecurity training industry by offering cutting edge, high quality education to everyone, regardless of what their financial situation is. So uh, you're, you're rubbing uh, two nickels together, trying to make a dollar out of 15 cent. You can get high quality anti-siphon uh, cybersecurity training. Uh, I want to call your attention to the links in the description below. Uh, if you go to them, you're going to see under training, pay what you can training. If you're watching online right now, pay what you can training. It's just a calendar of upcoming training. 
That is $0, as little as $0. You pay what you can. And I want to call your attention to the um, Active Defense Cyber Deception and SOC Core Skills. These are John Strand himself. You can see John Strand's emote in chat right now if you're watching on stream. John walking away from an explosion. John Strand is an amazing practitioner, very, very knowledgeable, was with SANS for a long time. And he teaches both of these courses. Go check it out. Take advantage of it. I would just say, if you have the bandwidth and the initiative to learn, if you're serious about it, th these two classes are not to be missed. You'll have to wait three, four months, six months uh, to catch them again. All right. Want to remind everybody it is Worldwide Wednesday, so we're going to be getting into uh, the Worldwide Wednesday activity in a hot minute. No problem, Kimberly. Um, we're going to get into that, but before we do, I want to remind each of you, I want to remind Ms. Julian and Michael Huskin and Dale Fay, Team SC. I want to remind all of you, each episode of the Daily Cyber Threat Brief is worth one half of the CPE. So be sure to say what's up in chat, take a screenshot, file it away. That's why I put the chat on screen. And at the end of you know the year, whenever you're going to file for CPEs, count the number of files, multiply it by 0.5. This is effectively... And like, I'm being incredibly conservative by saying 30 minutes. It's, we're, we always go way longer than 30 minutes, but no one's going to argue with 30 minutes. It, it's 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 inarguable, okay? So 30-minute webinar, instructor-led, whatever you want to call it, and it qualifies. So get in here, say what's up. If you're not sure, drop a hashtag Team SC because you are part of the Simply Cyber community, part of the Simply Cyber team. Awesome. Oh, Lorcomar, Sisec. Thank you. Yeah, that quick little short I made of my setup. Uh, thanks for checking that out. Definitely cool. Um, so Team SC in chat. Thanks, John De La Cruz. Um, and we'll get into that. Now, coffee cup cheers or uh, whatever you're drinking cheers. Let me take a slug off this delicious coffee. Mm. All right, let's get into Worldwide Wednesday and then we're going to Bump. Oh, also reminder, I don't prep or research any of the stories that we're going to be covering today. It's all me, rough, rugged, and raw, shooting from the hip, riding low on the hip on a train bound for glory. We're just getting after it every single day. All right. Now it's my favorite activity of the week, Worldwide Wednesday. Now check this out. Let me drop a little thing. Worldwide Wednesday is presented by IT Pro TV, now IT Pro from ACI Learning, the international online training solution that professionals in audit, cybersecurity, and IT turn to for binge-worthy content. Use my promo code, SimplyCyber30, at checkout to get 30% off your first month or first year. You can go to um, itpro.tv slash simplycyber if you want to pull that up. Uh, it's definitely a great resource if you have... Um, you know, basically, you're trying to get uh, a bunch of a learning in a short amount of time. Uh, ACI Learning, IT Pro TV is excellent. Daniel Lowry is one of the edutainers. It's just high quality content. So check that out. Uh, thank you for sponsoring Worldwide Wednesday. All right, guys. So here's what we do. If you're new here, hashtag first timer in chat. And if you're a regular, you know what we're about to do. Country code names on. All right, here we go, y'all. So here's how it works. I'm basically going to say, what's up? Where are you at? And then I'm going to turn the music up and lose my mind. El Scott Munoz. 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 I said your name wrong before, and Mod Chat got it all over me. Uh, but El Scott, thank you so much. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Great to see you. Great to see you with the blue badging, Scott. Uh, awesome, awesome, awesome. Let's go. Two minutes on the clock. Let's go. All right. I see India. I see Canada. Let's go. India, Canada, United States. Let's go. Ohio's in the house. Ooh. Marlzilla Mar Mar Woolham's first timer in chat. Good to see you, first timer. Zach Morrison, where you at? First timer. Love it. Pueblo, Colorado's in the house. Niagara Falls. What's up, New Orleans? Tom Bishop in the boot. We got Italy online. Hey, San Diego. What's up, Flo Rida? Amsterdam in the Netherlands online. Let's go. Uh, I'll find the Netherlands later. Looks like it's going to be one of those days. Great state of Texas. Utah's in the house. 
Uh, Manish is getting uh, Arctic weather. I love it. Virginia, what's up, Wisconsin? Australia reporting in. Thank you, uh, Australia. Love it, love it, love it. Japan's in the house. Thank you, Mod Chat. Let's go. Philippines, all right. Pacific Rim is like representing today. Thailand's coming in hot. What's up, Jacksonville, Florida? Duval. All right, Mars is in the house. Nigeria bringing Africa online. Yes, sir. Love it, love it, love it. Dirty jerseys in the house. What's up, Houston? Bangladesh coming online. I like it. Boom, Bangladesh. Wilmington, North Carolina. I love. I see you, Front Street, Nicholas Lacastro. Budapest, Hungary's in the house. I love that. Very nice. Ooh. Bulgaria, Italy. Oh my God. Netherlands. Oh, I saw the Netherlands. Airline. We'll get Netherlands because I missed that earlier. We'll get back to uh, Hungary. Ohio. Jupiter, Florida. Asheville. Ooh, I love Asheville. Very nice. Asheville, North Carolina. Belfast, Ireland. Good to see you, Ireland. Nice. The DR. The DR is in the house. Is that um, Leonardo? All right, guys, let's check in to see where we are. That was a quick, it's always so quick. Those two minutes are always so quick. All right, hold on. Let's get caught up here. Uh, We got Afghanistan's online. Boom. All right, so just doing a quick little survey. Um, I see we've got North America, Europe, uh, light African representation, stunningly. Uh, Africa usually comes correct. Uh, Asia's in the house. Middle East is represented. Pacific Rim. Australia is very nice. Uh, we got we, we're kind of light in the um, in the South American representation. So it looks like we didn't do it today. Hungry? Oh, there you are, hungry. We got you right there, hungry. Thank you very much. Uh, oh, Leonardo Nunez officially saying he saw Colombia. We do have a Colombian who comes in on the regular. Boom, baby, we did it. Yes, sir. All right. Worldwide Wednesday is so hot. That Hansel's so hot right now. All right. Great work, everybody. That's a lot of fun. I hope you enjoyed Worldwide Wednesday. I always do. But as much as it's fun to play the games, it is time to get to work. So do me a favor. Sit back, relax, and let's let the cool sounds of the hot news wash over us in an awesome way. I'll see you guys at the mid-roll. From the CISO series, it's Cybersecurity Headlines. These are the cybersecurity headlines for Wednesday, December 27th, 2023. I'm Sean Kelly. Hey, Andres Molina. CBS and Paramount owner says it was hacked a year earlier. National Amusements, the cinema chain and corporate parent of media giants Paramount and CBS, confirmed that hackers stole the personal information of more than 82,000 people. The incident occurred in December of 2022, but the breach filing revealed that it took the company until August of 2023 to discover it. The hackers also stole bank account and credit card numbers along with associated security codes, passwords, or secrets. Paramount disclosed a separate security incident in August in which hackers took names and dates of birth as well as social security numbers of an unspecified number of customers. All right, so here's a couple interesting things about this particular story. A couple things. One, uh, and probably most important, so National Amusements, they own CBS and Paramount, right? So they're they're in the entertainment industry and online media and you know streaming and TV shows and all that. Hollywood, right? Okay. So they got hacked and they had to disclose uh, that they got breached and that 84,000 people were affected. Now, that's a, like immediately I'm like, that's a pretty small number for a, you know, CBS and Paramount, right? That's massive. They have presumably millions of um, people like streaming and stuff like that. So it was submitted by their HR department, which now lines up that this could be um, personnel records. They didn't disclose it. Um, two things that jumped out immediately. One, this came out into the news. This broke in the news because the state of Maine in the United States, Maine, if you didn't know this, Maine's got a pretty strict privacy law on the books. Uh, California always getting all the pub and all the all the sh- uh, shine, all the glitter of Hollywood, right? All the shine and all the glitter of like being like the most forward on privacy regulations in the United States, as close to GDPR as you can get. But Maine, don't sleep on Maine, y'all. Maine is a, a you know, kind of a, a, a dark horse, if you will, in the privacy realm. And it's only because 
this company was legally required to disclose to Maine that Maine residents were in fact involved in this breach, that this broke. So way to go. That's a win. That's a win for uh, privacy regulations and for Maine uh, doing what they're doing. Thank you, Maine. Better, you're, you're more than just potatoes and lobsters, Maine. Although I don't know if they, if they do potatoes. You're more than just lobsters, Maine, okay? And, and uh, folksy um, accents. The, the other thing I want to point out is that they had a breach in 2022, and they did not just figure it out until August of 23. So that is like eight months of dwell time. We talk about dwell time in the past. Dwell time is essentially the moment that a, a, a threat actor gets into your environment or into your systems to the time that they get detected. In 2023, 2022, it's like punch a hole in the speaker, pull the plug, and then jet. Like you pull, you kick a hole in the speaker, drop ransomware, pull the plug, and then jet, right? Like, and that's an Eric B. Rakim reference. I like to throw in a lot of these old school hip hop ones. So if you know, you know. I know Marcus Kyler knows, right? <laughs> okay. So for someone to sit in there for eight months, it, it's like my my other initial thought is like, who the heck, who is in there? Like what threat actor in the modern threat landscape is like quietly hanging out? That's typically re reserved, honestly, for like, uh, nation state threat actors, sophisticated enough to breach something like this, sophisticated enough to hide, um, you know, like basically be persistent and, and not set off alarms. And also um, to, um, hold on, what, what was I going to say? Oh, 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 to, to initially breach and do it in a, in a slight way and then to hang out and not get detected, right? So like if you were super sophisticated and you were financially motivated, you would get in and you'd do what you want to do. And then you try to like make as much money as possible. If you weren't sophisticated and you were trying to do espionage, like let's say you're, I don't know, NBC, right? Say a competitor and you're trying to like find out what they're doing. Um, you would get in there, but you might get detected because you're not a nation state threat actor. So to go eight months in the modern times does seem kind of wild. The fact that only HR records were compromised seems kind of fishy, honestly, like, Someone this sophisticated is going to get in there and only take HR records seems kind of silly, but you know, I'm not a, I'm not a, a cyber criminal threat actor. I just, uh, you know, I just shower them with accolades from time to time. So anyways, TLDR, this isn't a good look for this media conglomerate. However, I don't think it's going to, it's, you know, it's not going to um, impact them in any viable way. They're not going to be losing market share or anything like that. Um, for victims like you and I, whose information may have been compromised, if you worked for them, um, you know, like sign up and throw another identity theft protection to your service on the tire fire and like whatever. Um, you know, I think Paramount should worry about the quality of their streaming service. Am I right? Am I right? Rockstar Games suffers alleged source code leak. On Tuesday, reports circulated that a 4-gigabyte source code file for Rockstar Games' popular Grand Theft Auto V game has been made public on the dark web. The leaked source file contains 3D models and assets that would likely make it possible to build and run the game. While the initial leak link has been taken down, the source code is now making the rounds on Telegram channels. Rumors are circulating that hackers are considering making the entire 200-gigabyte GTA V source code file public. There are also indications that the leak may have included confidential employee data of 1,100 of Rockstar Games staff, as well as material related to Grand Theft Auto 6 and a potential sequel to the 2006 game Bully. All right. So, you know, I feel like I feel like video games are, you know, they're 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 floating around in orbit. They're not obscure. Uh, as far as like being attacked by cyber criminals and having source code leaked, it happens. It happens. Uh, but this is devastating. When we talk about like intellectual property and value of intellectual property and espionage to steal that stuff, a video game company is hosed uh, if their product gets out there. Mono Julian with the gifted sub. Thanks, Mono Julian. Did we just become best friends? Yep. And Cobra Crown. Cobra Crown. Uh, maybe you can find Mono Julian and give him a high five because they just hooked you up with that squad membership. Thank you so much. Welcome to the uh, squad membership. 
Um, the timing of this is wild too, by the way, because Rockstar Games um, and Take Two, I think it's Take Two Entertainment, they just released a trailer for Grand Theft Auto Six, and it like it set the YouTube record for most views in like the first twenty four hours. I might be getting that a little wrong. It definitely set a YouTube record. It was definitely for most views in a, in the shortest amount of time. I don't know if it was 24 hours or if it was like, you know, the first hour or something like that. But anyways, it was bananas. And I personally, I don't have time, unfortunately, to play Grand Theft Auto. I loved Grand Theft Auto. I think it's such a great game as far as like immersion and, and like level of detail and just straight up depth of gameplay. Um, like Skyrim, like, you know, Skyrim, um, you know, is, is like just rehashing Skyrim over and over again. Skyrim's great, but like Grand Theft Auto is like, hold my beer. Uh, so when Grand Theft Auto six, uh, leak came out, people are already like pre-ordering and it doesn't come out until 2025. Right. So if this source code were to get leaked for GTA six, that would be devastating. Um, now, if the full game doesn't get leaked in just parts of it, two things could happen. One, um, it could be great pub for Rockstar Games to you know to keep the hype engine going. Two, um, in in a negative way, it could enable um, threat actors to discover vulnerabilities in the online gameplay. If GTA Six has that um, feature, right, and then you could start doing exploitations and stuff like that. So, it, it's not good. Um, if I had to guess, right, if I had to guess threat actors, and I say this all the time, right? If I, and so this is me guessing on this one. Whoops. Hold on. Wrong, wrong one. This is what happens when I don't use my stream deck and I click with a mouse there. Um, if I had to guess threat actors are sending out, you know, massive wholesale fishing campaigns. And when they pop a box, they don't know who they have until they go into their C2 infrastructure, their admin panel. And like, look at what they got. And then I'm sure someone was like, oh crap, like we, we got one of these guys. Like, let's, let's go. Being able to download that much source code uh, is, is uh, co uh, concerning, okay? Um, there is a technology called DLP, data loss prevention. It is notoriously bad at what it does, okay? But if you're moving 400 gigs of source code of your probably like crown jewel, which Grand Theft Auto is for Rockstar Games. You can configure it to see that stuff. You can keep the source code on a controlled file server that you need to like go through a jump box to get to. You can make sure certain developers only have access to certain pieces of the source code. There are ways to protect it. I, I don't know if they did or not. And maybe some threat actors really, really cunning. But for me, you don't see it very often uh, in industries because there's just no reason to go to this level. But in, in this industry, I would argue that you need to put a lot of controls and focus around protecting the IP of the source code of all of your properties, but especially your biggest property and your next biggest property, the one that everybody's getting hyped about right now. So. Um, one other thing that kind of sucks, as many of you know, the internet, once you post something on the internet, the internet doesn't forget. So the threat actors leaked some of the source code in order to like basically demonstrate to Rockstar Games that they had the code. And then I think they're negotiating with them and they pulled the, the leaks down, but the leaks are out. So they're getting reposted everywhere. And essentially, you know, the horses out of the barn have been slapped in the butt and sent, you know, wild Mustang style out into the Valley. So you're not getting that source code back. It's like literally on multiple telegram channels available for download right now. So, um, not a good look. We can see also just a quick, quick thing. Um, we saw Twitch as a platform, get its entire source code compromised. Not that long ago, a couple years ago. And then, um, I think it's kick. And BSEC knows this. I, I might be getting it wrong. It's either Kick or Rumble. I think it's Kick, though. There's a new streaming platform that like is very similar to Twitch. Uh, and you know, many people believe it's basically just a copy paste of the source code. You can't prove it. So again, intellectual property data. This is why data is so freaking valuable. Um, 
because it allows you to skip the research development, lessons learned, testing, all that, and just go directly into product. Lone Care says 1.3 million people affected by November cyber attack. Lone Care, one of the largest providers of loan subservicing, has filed a breach notification indicating that more than 1.3 million customers had information accessed by hackers who breached their parent company, Fidelity National Financial. The November attack left real estate agents and home buyers in the lurch for days because home sales could not be finished. An investigation showed that last month, hackers were able to access and exfiltrate customer names, addresses, social security numbers, and the loan numbers. The Elf v. Black Cat ransomware gang took credit for the attack, and the victims are being offered two years of identity protection services. All right. Hack a couple of things. One, really quickly, Joe Von Townsend over on LinkedIn asked if video game companies have a big like cybersecurity presence in general. Uh, honestly, I can't answer that, Joe Von. I feel like like the video game industry is like a like a sub niche of entertainment industry and entertainment industry i don't really know many people who work in entertainment i i knew someone who worked for the nhl the national hockey league uh it, on their information security team and they were well funded but the like the human power like the the number of people the headcount was not very high um, but hey if there's anyone in chat 312 of you awesome people if any of you here work in entertainment or um, really, if you work in video game uh, software, uh, that would be really, really cool. And again, there's a difference between tech startup because I've worked for two video game tech startup companies, but tech startup, I, I would I would qualify as not applying to this question in like Rockstar games and stuff like that because tech startups are already like cash strapped and, and running lean and all this other stuff. All right, next story. Fidelity National Financial Subsidiary says one and a half million affected by November cyber attack. Um, this is just piling on from what I recently have been talking about with the uh, title insurance companies and like mortgage loan people getting hacked left, right, and center. I do want to say shout out. I threw a lot of shade at title insurance people yesterday or the industry. Um, I had a couple of people, including our very own base case, uh, Mod Supreme. Um point out that um, like title insurance companies are more than just the use case I mentioned yesterday on stream uh, for engineering and people, you know, doing digs and, and, and building and stuff like that. Um, they will contact title insurance companies to validate kind of like who owns the land and what, what the dimensions are and all that other stuff uh, before they break ground and stuff like that. So uh, there is a market for this type of service. I, I, I don't know. Like the amount of, honestly, the um, this is just a speculative hot take, okay? Let me throw my tinfoil hat on. Speculative hot take here. The amount of like real estate, mortgage, title insurance companies that are getting hit lately, and because it's Alfie Black Cat, I feel like somebody or, or some group of people either used to work in that industry or are familiar enough with that industry as an affiliate to attack that industry it just it just seems unusual frankly for the amount in the short amount of time and the amount of hits getting hit and and for the scale i mean these are like massive attacks so one and a half million people hit um the other one was like you know another million people like we see these like um flare-ups like re like a couple months ago like early 2023 like the spring of 23 there was like a flare-up of like um k through 12 schools right like la county school district got hit minneapolis school district got hit i think somewhere in texas a school district got hit all within like a short period of time it just you see these kind of like like pockets um like pop and then they just you don't hear it it's not like like ransomware is a tidal wave that's constantly just washing over us. Right. And then like, but, but the industries are very specific, right? Like manufacturing always gets hit, but like K through 12 it. So anyways, I think that that's kind of correla uh, correlated with this. So if you work in the real estate industry as a cyber pro, definitely take advantage of these stories. Like you don't want to be, Hey, like, Hey executive, we don't want to be Fidelity National Financial for these reasons. Yeah, let, let's be them for like success and profit and revenue and growth and all these other things. But let's not be them for getting hacked. 
Like, let's learn from them, okay? Use it for those reasons. But like I said, I'd be surprised. It just seems trending that like, you know, in spring of 24, like real estate's going to be a thing. You know what I mean? Uh, Chris Patton dropping in some comments here. Working in the housing industry right now with a significant housing crisis in many states, housing mortgage companies and the same are getting a ton of government money. Well, there you go. There you go. Great cash, homie. Follow the money. Steal customer data from Europe's largest parking app operator. Easy Park Group has reported to European regulators that hackers stole data from at least 950 Ringo users in the UK. The company said customer names, phone numbers, addresses, email addresses, and partial credit card numbers had been stolen, but that parking data had not been compromised. The company also said its Park Mobile brand, which has 50 million users in the U.S., was not affected. The hack highlights the risk with centralizing parking services to apps and websites, which require user data collection and are rapidly replacing more costly physical meters and parking attendants. All right. And thanks, everybody, like Justin Rohr and, um, and Chris Patton and such for, for sharing context on these different stories. It's very helpful. Um, okay. So hackers steal. All right. So basically they're, they're pointing out that as we go into the cloud, as we get sassy, Oh, we're getting sassy. Um, it makes it an easier target for threat actors. Yes, obviously. But like, seriously, here's the deal guys. Like here is the deal. Like this story outlines it perfectly. If you're going to replace a human parking, uh, you know, meter person and physical meters that take coins or whatever, for an app that does that and whatever, that's fine. You're realizing cost savings over there, but your threat model has changed. You cannot move forward with a paradigm shift architecture going from humans to the cloud, right? You can't move how you do business fundamentally for a business without reevaluating the threat landscape and making sure that you're accounting for the risks and putting in the proper controls. This is like basic cyber 101, oh, maybe cyber 201, right? Cyber 101 is like, what are we doing here? Here are the terms. Cyber 201 is like, like, ooh, like, let's figure it out. Like, don't like you, you, ah, you can't just rinse and repeat with what you've been doing in 1980 in, in 2023, if you move to the cloud. So having said all that, yes, this is, uh, introduced risk, but it's completely manageable, completely controllable. And frankly, because it costs less to move to the cloud and automate things and businesses love their money, Great cash, homie. all it is, is we need cloud security engineers and we need GRC people who understand the threat landscape to redefine and reevaluate where we are. This is why you do risk assessments. Like base this, like thank you, thank you, hackers, for stealing this uh, parking app operator information to allow us all the valuable lesson of understanding GRC, right? Yay, GRC. Anyways, it sucks for Ringo and Park Mobile. If you are the largest parking app operator in Europe, ugh, I feel like you've got some some money to be able to invest in protecting your uh your your data and your assets and your customer base. Um, again, with some, something like this, with something like this, honestly, wh what are you going to do? Like, you're going to go to a different parking app operator? No. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's part of the thing that kills me, right? This company got hacked. It definitely calls to attention the risk. Other businesses are going to be able to benefit. They... I mean, maybe they'll get some type of GDPR fine for leaking personal information. I know GDPR has got teeth like a great white, but really they're going to keep going. They're going to keep printing money. Like you can't, you're not the largest parking app operator in Europe, a continent without having lots of money to throw at problems, right? So anyways, let's do the mid roll. And now a word from our sponsor, Barricade Cyber Solutions. When you're hit with ransomware, remember recoverfromransomware.com. Barricade Cyber Solutions experienced DFER team is ready to help your business recover from ransomware now. You'll work directly with the CEO to resolve your case quickly and efficiently. Whether you're experiencing a ransomware attack or want to get ahead of one by discussing a prevention plan, contact Barricade Cyber Solutions at recoverfromransomware.com.
All right, that brings us to the mid-roll. Um, oh, I forgot. I At least I added this song to the uh, playlist. Let's go. Hey, Dan, member 11 months. Thanks, Dan. All right, guys, welcome to the mid-roll. 330 of you putting it in, putting the work in on a December 27th. Love it, love it, love it. Thanks to the stream sponsors, Barricade Cyber, Panopsi, and Anti-Safe and Training for enabling me to bring this show to you every single morning. And thank you to each of you, like Carrie, Laura Flores, Johnny Five, Ellery Dora, Divine Dream Divide, My Dancing Girl, Marcus Kyler. If you're getting educational value or entertainment value, do me a favor, hit the like button. I saw just a minute ago, 20, 20 likes right now. Again, it's... It's not for my ego. It's literally to trigger the YouTube algorithm to help other people find this channel and this um, show, frankly. Um, and, you know, the guy, everyone who's doing it, thank you so much. I tell you all the time, consistency is critical. Um, we are at 97,487 um subs i know you can't really see it but 97,487 now i'm getting greedy i'm just gonna see if we can get to 100,000 by the end of the year that's the uh the goal that would be insane uh so ogs in here uh if we break 100 grand all right everybody i want to say shout out to the uh simply cyber community challenge alex rosado Alex Rosado is in chat right now. Alex Rosado has the baton. Alex Rosado, please tag somebody with the Simply Cyber Community Challenge baton. Now, what is the Simply Cyber Community Challenge baton? Guys, for all of you who are here right now, if you would like to invest five minutes a day to build your professional network, which is incredibly valuable, check this out. Go on LinkedIn, search for the hashtag on screen right now, hashtag Simply Cyber Community Challenge and find the posts, very easy to do. Connect with the people who are posting and comment on their post. There'll be a post where they say their story and then hashtag Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Connect with them, connect with the people in comments. That takes five minutes, okay? Now, why would you do that? Because the other 23 hours and 55 minutes of the day, other people are commenting and connecting with you because you're in the comments. You will passively build your professional network and actively do it a little bit, five minutes a day for two weeks. Come back and see me. I guarantee you, your network is going to get bigger and it will be full of meaningful connections, not just spamming connect with whoever's on LinkedIn. Supportive, inclusive cyber professionals. Believe me, you're going to be happy. Ooh, Ryan Pearson. Ryan Pearson, it says first time live. You know what? We're gonna we're gonna qualify that Ryan as a hashtag first timer. Welcome to the party, pal. To the party, pal. And uh, I'm glad you checked out the uh, Try Hack Me uh, Advent of Cyber walkthrough. Good stuff. I hope you enjoyed it. All right, Simply Cyber Community Challenge, all about good times. All right, we've got uh, we already did Worldwide Wednesday, so we don't have a segment in the middle here. But we'll just let uh, Simple Minds take us out. Looks like Rich Palmer's about to get it. Dane Riley, first timer live. Welcome to party, pal. Welcome to the party, pal. All right, Simple Minds, take us to the second half of the show. Here we go. All right. Thank you, Simple Minds. All right, let's go to the second part of the show. I'm having to do this all manually with sliders and stuff. I know there's a better way to do it, but I'm, uh, um, you know, I'm whatever. Ricita Ransomware Group hacked hospital in Jordan. Abdali Hospital, a multi-specialty hospital located in Amman, Jordan, has been added to the Ricita Ransomware Gang's list of victims on its Tor leak site. The group published images of a sample of stolen documents, including ID cards and contracts. Ricita indicates it will be selling the exclusive data for 10 Bitcoin over a period of seven days and will only sell it to one buyer. Ricita also stated that reselling the data is prohibited. Last week, the FBI and CISA published a joint advisory warning of Ricita's attacks and included the gang's IOCs and TTPs in the advisory.
All right. So two things here. One right away. Um, this, you know, this sucks, man. Uh, Ricita, uh, threat actor group, they've been cropping up here and there. Um, fairly effective. I might add, like I, in the stories that they're brought in on, they're usually, um, it's usually a pretty good target that they've hit. It's pretty good information they've stole and they're not, you know, just spamming it around trying to like get paid. Like they're a little bit more organized. So to me, you know, like this organization kind of screams, you know, a couple, a couple thoughtful ringleaders, uh, professionals. Um, they're selling the data for ten Bitcoin. By the way, I want to point out they're not they're not ransoming. They may have ransomware um, the threat uh, the the Abdali Hospital in Jordan, right? But I don't. It's they're the ransomware group, but they didn't ransomware. Um, yeah, this, this hospital isn't ransomware. So they're the Ricita ransomware group, but all they did was break in and steal information and they're selling it. Okay. They didn't encrypt anything. We're seeing a bit of a shift in the landscape for a while. It was just ransomware. Then it was ransomware and data exfil for double extortion. And now we're seeing threat actor groups begin to pivot into just data exfil for, uh, extortion. And I, 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 it, it's weird because um, I want, I do wonder if it's because the controls around ransomware prevention, like the encryption prevention, are starting to get so effective that the threat actors are just like, it's not worth our time anymore. Um, there's controls out there where, like, you know, as you know, when when you encrypt files, basically it starts going in order top down, right? So, like, if a control sees like this file's encrypted, this file's encrypted, it'll intervene. So you you don't get all your stuff encrypted, right? That's just one control. Then there's like hot backups and um, honey honey systems and all this other stuff. So anyways, I do wonder from a threat landscape perspective, if controls are starting to become so effective that it's not worth it to do the encryption if they're going to get paid anyways. Second thing worth noting, they're selling it to... Um, they're selling it to a one buyer, one buyer only. So you know, for scarcity here. Um, I want to see what the current exchange rate is, Bitcoin to USD. Um, oh my God, how do I do this? Uh, one Bitcoin is $42,000 in Bitcoin. So the value of Bitcoin's kind of gone up, huh? It's interesting. Um, so $43,000, I am not a big Bitcoin person. I know FinFrock is. I'm a crypto evangelist. I love it, love it, love it. But they're selling it for 10 uh, Bitcoin, which is basically $430,000. Half a million dollars for this Abdali group. Obviously, the Abdali group can purchase it themselves. Uh, it's only a 200-bed hospital. So I don't know what their revenues are. Uh, the one thing that I would point out that I think is kind of silly, it's, it's the one thing that jumped out in the story is silly to me. They said... The Ricita ransomware group's going to sell it to only one buyer, and they're not allowed to sell it to anyone else. Bro, um, what are you talking about? If I'm a criminal and I buy it, like, stop me from selling it to someone else. Like, what are you talking about? The transaction will be anonymous-ish, pseudo-anonymous. Like, I think that that's a really silly uh, like qualifier that Ricita is putting on the buyer of the data, unless it's the Abdali healthcare victim themselves, then of course they're not going to sell it to anyone. But dude, if I can buy it for 10 Bitcoin and turn around and sell it for a hundred Bitcoin, your like your business with my recently purchased data is none of your business, right? This isn't like right to repair Ricita. You don't get to judge what I'm doing with the product after I've purchased it. So I don't know what they're thinking, uh, honestly, by by including that stipulation, but you know, whatever. Integris health patients get extortion emails. Like there is, I'm sorry. There isn't like an Uber stars review. It's not like Riceed is going to give the buyer five stars in a like ransomware affiliate data, dark web rideshare app where it's like, Ooh, five stars. They didn't sell it to someone when we told them they couldn't. No, it's, this is, this is mostly Cantina all day, bro. Get out of here with that. After a cyber attack, 
patients of Integris Health have begun receiving blackmail emails stating that their data was stolen in a cyber attack. The Oklahoma-based healthcare network confirmed they suffered a breach on November 28th that led to the theft of patient social security numbers, dates of birth, addresses, phone numbers, insurance information, and employer information. On December 24th, hackers sent extortion emails to patients claiming they would sell the data to other threat actors if they did not pay the extortion demand. Some Integris health patients have confirmed to Bleeping Computer that the emails contained accurate personal information. All right. Hey, Kevin Sweeney, what's up? Welcome to the party, pal. Welcome to the party, pal. All right. So Integris health patients, this sucks, right? Again, another healthcare company with real patients who have real sensitive data getting compromised. Um, this is an interesting angle for threat actors. Um, you know, I said earlier with uh, this story that the European parking app operator, right? Like, so who's their, com- who's their client? Their client is, you know, municipalities and private owners who own land that they're going to let people park on. The people parking really aren't the customers, right? They're just the product, frankly. So like when they get hacked, what are you going to do? You're going to keep using them because it's kind of, it's kind of not victimless, but like, what are you going to do? It, it it doesn't hit the same way with this right here. This is bad, right? So Integris Health's patients, right? So I'm a patient. I ha- I went and got a procedure done and then I get an email from a criminal who's like, dear Jerry, see attached for all your sensitive information. Like, Here's a picture of that rash you have or whatever. And then we have this information because Integris Health refuses to pay us. We're not trying to take your money, Jerry. We want Integris' health's money. And, you know, it's almost like in the movie Heat where Robert De Niro's like, we're here for the bank's money, not your money. Your money's insured. We're not taking yours. So the, the threat actor in this instance is basically trying to weaponize the patients who are really the downstream victims trying to weaponize the patients in order to drum up uh, more support for Integris Health paying the ransom. I mean, it's a clever bit of extortion. Um, Unfortunately, it's a bad look and it sucks. But this is one of the few times where like real reputational harm can lead to impact. Now, I do also want to point out this is in Oklahoma. So shout out to Ian Anderson if he's listening. But in the way healthcare is done in the United States, Nowadays, and I always reference Terminator 2 and the metal guy who like pools together. Most healthcare is starting to lead towards massive healthcare systems. So back in the day, maybe Integris Health, um, you know, across the street is a different healthcare provider, right? So maybe you have like MUSC and Roper St. Francis, or you have Home Depot and Lowe's. Like you can make that choice with your money to go somewhere else. But in the in the modern US healthcare system and the way insurance works and everything else, you might not even have a choice. You could be pissed off at Integris Health. And you're still going to go the next day. right. So, and by the way, one thing, because I worked in healthcare for several years, one thing I do want to point out to us, oh yeah, Jonathan Lindsay brings up a good point. Uh, Also threatened to sue. You might get sued anyways. uh, Honestly, it's definitely a rough day for general counsel at Integris Health. One other thing I want to point out, uh, because I feel like it gets kind of lost sometimes, and I certainly didn't know about it until I worked in healthcare, but think about the information too. Like, you know, like maybe I go and get like, I have a head cold and I want to get some um, anti, um, what's the word I'm thinking of? Anti, what's amoxicillin? (laughs) I can't believe I'm so stupid right now. Um, Antibiotics. Thank, Thank you. So you want antibiotics, no big deal. Oh, you got a skin knee uh, and you want some like medicine. Oh, you got, you split your head open and you need stitches. Like that's not a big deal. And you're like, who cares? Or maybe you had a baby, who cares, right? Well, what if you're going because you're suffering from like mental health problems? Or what if you're going because you have a lifestyle that is, you know, not like socially stigmatized as a um, marginalized lifestyle? Like, like say you're into... Um, Say you have, you know, basically, uh, you know, an STD or HIV or, you know, like whatever. Maybe you're you have a lifestyle that isn't socially acceptable, right? So, like that information is devastating. That could be really uh, harmful to an individual 
uh, to the point where like I, there's been research done where some people will not go seek out healthcare even if they need it because they don't want their data to end up here. There's examples of people who will drive up to 50 miles to re receive healthcare in a different city just so their community doesn't know like what their situation is, right? So there is real human impact like that can be devastating, frankly, if this data gets out in some instances. So just be mindful of that. Uh, thank you, uh, Ray Tierney. Yes, LGBTQIA um, examples, HIV examples. Yeah, exactly. So you've got you got to be mindful of that. It's not it's not just like whatever data that might be normal to you. It's there's a wide swath of data. You know what? What about the um, you know the um? I mean, this one is like a little different, but like the 14 year old. Uh, or 15-year-old female who's pregnant and is terrified if her parents find out, right? So all those things. CyberFirm publishes 2024 Cyber Threat Landscape Forecast. ReSecurity has issued a report outlining key security threats and challenges anticipated in 2024 based upon its analysis of dark web activity and cybersecurity incident data. The report predicts increased ransomware activity targeting publicly traded companies and using potential regulatory violations as leverage for manipulation and extortion. The report also asserts that critical infrastructure will remain a focal point for cyber attacks, especially energy and nuclear sectors. The report anticipates that AI weaponization will skyrocket, demanding innovative countermeasures and international collaboration. Additionally, cities that have adopted smart technologies will need to actively secure IT OT supply chains and protect the identities of their citizens. Finally, the report predicts a proliferation of attacks against digital identity, leading to unprecedented large scale data breaches. All right. This is, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'll have to read this report, but I mean, this is a classic like 2024. Uh, predictions, right? Th these always come rolling in at the end of the year. Um, I've been asked for mine um, too. Well, okay, so let's look at the report's key trends and comment briefly on it. Increased ransomware activity targeting public companies. <laughs> okay, like 2021, 2022, 2023, like, um, I guess, you know, that's a prediction, but define increased. I mean, Municipalities are getting hit left, right, and center. Um, water treatment, water, water um, industry, schools, um, municipalities, like public transit, like every libraries, like bro, like I don't know if like someone like woke up and they're like, oh, I need a, an example, but like number one key trend, I don't know, like this seems more like uh, status quo for me. Um, Number two, cyber attacks against energy and nuclear sectors. Okay, OT, ICS, living in the 70s, critical infrastructure, public-private sector. This is a thing. Invest in your technology stack upgrades, right? So again, I'm not really seeing this as a major, uh, I mean, it's major, obviously it's major, but this is like, this has been on the radar for like five years, okay? Here we go. You knew AI was going to show up, right? Shall we play a game? Weaponization of AI will skyrocket. People are already trying to be clever about how they use AI. Um, I just hope to God, like, I just hope to God it doesn't become like sentient. Uh, and if it does, it doesn't. It has its own personality that's not based on the collective consciousness of society. Um, but anyways, AI is super effective. If you're not using AI to do your job. Um, you're left behind. You definitely, AI is too powerful a tool to not leverage in every capacity. Saying weaponization of it, um, I, all I would say, like for me, for my dollar, um, I like to look at the US military and what they're doing because they're usually way ahead of the curve as far as like um, weaponizing and kind of leveraging uh, new technology for whatever reasons. So, Definitely look for that. And then what, what they got one more smart cities and the rising cyber challenge. Okay. So I would just say number four, smart cities and rising challenge. Um, basically if everything's online, like that parking app thing, right? Like that story that just happened. Um, yeah, there's going to be more breaches and more downtime. Um, 
So that kind of falls into, it's kind of the other end of the coin from the cyber tech one. So like number two is a bad thing because like there's a lot of legacy tech that's like poorly configured. And number four is basically, there's a lot of modern tech that um, is poorly configured, right? So it's like two ends of the same coin. The, the sad thing is that number four indicates that even with 40 years of knowledge and experience dealing with the hot mess express that is OT and ICS, we still continue to move forward and push forward making um, decisions like this uh, difficult to secure. Again, it's all about straight cash, homie. Straight cash, homie. And we're not really, you know, like if you invest in security, configure it securely at first. Uh, we are seeing some initiatives in that way around supply chain, but just people love themselves some shiny baubles and throwing them in as quick as possible. But to, uh, to 2024 cyber predictions, catch me outside. How about that? Catch me outside. How about that? All right. African organizations aim to bolster cybersecurity in 2024. African nations are faced with numerous cybersecurity threats and challenges while lacking adequate cyber training. This month, the University of Lagos, the American Business Council in Nigeria, and several private companies launched a virtual cyber hub to strengthen cybersecurity in Nigeria and help train young workers. In the next few years, the collaboration aims to build capacity to address immediate cybersecurity needs, create sustainable collaboration and partnership frameworks, and to promote joint research projects between academic institutions and businesses. The long-term goals are to make Nigeria self-sufficient in terms of cyber and to develop homegrown cyber solutions. Back in July, the Biden-Harris administration announced a collaboration with the CyberSafe Foundation to develop an African-specific effort to train cybersecurity workers with a focus on creating opportunities for women. And that does it. All right. This is great. And we actually had somebody representing from uh, Nigeria in chat this morning for Worldwide Wednesday. So where, where are you? Wait, hold on. Let me look at the map. Yeah, we definitely had Nigeria in the house. Nigeria kind of in that uh, left coast uh, bend um, of Africa. I don't know if that, that particular section of Africa has a name, uh, but definitely right in there. Um, north of, uh, what is it? One of these countries, Namibia. It's either Namibia or Angola. Like it's crazy how, like, how big the country is and how, what percentage is populated. Anyways, that's, a, that's unrelated. So, um, Nigeria, I love it. So the country of Nigeria, Funky Monk, thanks for the squad. Nigeria's getting serious, putting their money where their mouth is, losing $3.5 billion annually to like different things. They want their own in-house cyber talent. They don't want to have to rely on um, outsourced talent, frankly, from other places in the world. I, I love this. Like way to go, Nigeria, uh, for wanting to like level up your country your capabilities of your country and your citizens of your country, frankly, by making education and opportunities available to your citizens. Uh, they, they actually have, they mentioned in here, they have the virtual cyber hub in Nigeria um, with the goal of developing Africa specific effort, um, or cybersecurity training. Um, obviously like Morocco, Kenya, and Egypt pushing forward in cyber. I know um, Egypt is going to be joining BRICS soon. Uh, not that that's totally related, but it's just interesting. We're see we're basically seeing like a level up of Nigeria across multiple countries for their uh, technical prowess and cybersecurity knowledge base. So wicked exciting. Look for more Nigerians to show up in, in stream. And hey, I got to tell you, if you are in Nigeria right now and you, you were representing Nigeria on Worldwide Wednesday, tell your, tell your friends, tell them what's up, tell them what we're doing here. I mean, this is what we're here for. And it sounds like it totally aligns with what the country of Nigeria is up to. If I, if I, if I was like a, you know, a baller, uh, I would try to call contact the virtual cyber hub in Nigeria and be like, I've got a cyber one-on-one course coming out in a few weeks. Maybe we should, uh, maybe we should high five and check that out. All right. Right at time. Looks like it's 8.59. I'm going to just say if you were here for the news, thank you so very much. We're going to roll right at 9 a.m. I'll do a couple minutes of jaw jacking, but I've got a, a bunch of stuff to do. I started, I woke up early and started filming the final videos of Cyber 101 minus the lab. The labs, the labs. So um, 
If you were here just for the news, great work, everybody. Thank you so very much. I appreciate all of you being here. I hope you have a wonderful day on Wednesday, December 27th. We'll see you tomorrow at 8 a.m. Eastern time for the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. Be well, everybody, and I'll see you at Jawjacking. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Jawjack, and I'm your host, Jerry Guy. We just had a great stream with the Daily Cyber Threat Brief. Just chilling. Um, I got a couple minutes. Um, just I do. I do enjoy the jaw jacking, but uh, I like yesterday. I went for like forty-five minutes, and I really need to um, prioritize my time. I've, I've been I've been working like just a little bit in the morning, and then spending all day with the family. Uh, we went and actually saw a movie last night. Saw the Migration movie. I don't know if you guys saw that cute movie. You know, if you like the movie going experience, definitely worth checking out. But it's a it's a good one to like uh, if you have kids, it's a good one to pick up on the 